0: To trade Shohei Ohtani or not to trade Shohei Ohtani that's the question and it's too big a question for just one host
1: you are locked on MLB your daily MLB podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB Mega Roundtable. That's right, we went mega today. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully, but we are doing a whole Brady Bunch thing here for the 25th day of July 2023, dating myself with my pop culture references. Do you know what? Let's go round the horn and see who we have here today. Who's wearing the Pirates hat?
1: It would be Ethan, obviously, and I think uh, your listeners of Locked On MLB should try an immaculate grid with the four uh, people you have on the show today, because that would be pretty fun to do. Like I, th- I feel like that would be a pretty hot trivia question for Locked On MLB. Name four players that have played for these four teams in in cool. this like little box.
0: Okay, so so okay okay that means we also have ourselves below. We have with an Astros logo. Who would that be?
2: That's H. John Wilhouse from Locked on Astros. Thank you, Sully, for having me. We are currently trying to take back over the West and uh, hoping we can get into the playoffs hot.
0: Well, a big win against the the Texas Rangers. And talking about hot, the suddenly hot and looking like a legitimate playoff contending Minnesota Twins got a walk-off from Carlos Correa. Why can't the Astros find players like Carlos Correa? Hey, who do we have representing Twinsland? Brandon
3: Warren and I'm here to tell you that the central runs through Minneapolis so get used to it
0: nice well do you know, let's put all of our names up here hey um we want none of us are well I follow the entire game and I am legally obligated to talk about Sheho, Shohei otani as much as humanly possible um that being said wait so second. let's Let's Immaculate Grid this for a second, okay? Because I got a – what was my – I had a, a rarity score on the Immaculate Grid today that I was pretty happy with. It wasn't single di- – I got a single-digit one earlier this year, this this week, but I have – 13 was my rarity score of today. I'm pretty proud of some of the ones that – I'm trying to think of someone who played for the Pirates, the Astros, and the Twins. Um, I I, I – John Cand- John Candelaria keeps popping in my head, but I don't think he played for the Astros. Um, all right, that I'm going to I'm gonna have to think about that. I'm going to have to think about that. Uh, in, and uh, by the way, have that be that could be part of our trivia question. Uh, said that at Sully Baseball, we got a couple people just taking a little bit of house cleaning here. We, if you're following us, I am at uh, Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I am your pal Sully I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Let's go through quickly who the who got the uh, uh, the trivia question correct, which was um, who was the lone all-star representative when the Colorado Rockies won the pennant in 2007, who their lone all-star was. It was Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday was the only member of that team to go and make it to the uh, all-star team. And uh, good job to Scott Campbell, listener, for getting that one correct. Okay, back on task. Uh, just quickly run around. Uh, the, the Houston Astros had a huge win tonight. And the game where I thought they were, I thought they were dead in the water, in the game against uh, uh, Texas, they came storming right back. Uh, that's it's, you know, look at when you have those head-to-head division games, those games just are magnified. Uh, having a big walk-off win of which both teams scored a heck of a lot of runs, it was not exactly a pitcher's duel uh, going on there. But uh, Astros don't care; they won ten to nine. It was it was four to two in the first. Okay, it was again. It was it wasn't a great day it for was. pitching, but uh, yonder was it uh, Yiner Yiner Diaz got the walk off hit, uh, and they had the big uh, three run bottom of the seventh tie that game. Thoughts H Town on uh, the Stros uh, creeping up closer to that uh, to the division.
2: So forty three combined runs in the last two games that the Rangers and Astros have played. So the pitchers are mere pawns on the chessboard of hitters with the Astros and the Texans. And, you know, 19 combined hits in this game. Sully, so the, the last time we played them, we won 12 to 11. I think the Astros are trying to create game five of the 2017 World Series or the slugfest with the Dodgers going back and forth. That's really what these games felt like. And Chas McCormick narrowly missed a grand slam in the first inning. Got six RBIs a career day for him. And he is making a case. Everybody in Houston's like, we better keep Chaz. We better not be trading him for not even Otani. People want the Chaz chomp to stay in Houston. A good win because the bullpen ultimately, the bullpen ultimately did do their job. Ryan Presley's having a really good year um, and just has been phenomenal ever since we grabbed him from uh, Minnesota.
0: All right. Well, speaking of Minnesota, it was the Minnesota twins who for a little bit were the, the poster children of why we have to get rid of divisions because they were hovering around 500 and yet looked like they were going to win a division title. The twins were tired of that chatter kind of similar to the way that Cleveland got tired of that chatter last year. They've won four in a row right now, including a big walk-off victory uh, earlier this evening. They've won eight of their last 10. They've opened up a four game lead over the guardians and the Twins are starting to put together. Brandon Warren, um, what's happening? Are they a legitimate pennant contender right now?
3: Before we go to that, the Ryan Presley mention I really love because for people who are watching, those cleats that I'm pointing at are Ryan Presley autographed, game-worn cleats. So I'm a big Ryan Presley guy. Back to the Twins, though. Uh, As far as pennant, I mean, a lot is going to come down to – it's tough because they want to make additions at the break, but they also have a bunch of guys coming back. There's a 40 man crunch, a 26 man crunch guys that don't have options, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that doesn't mean you shouldn't make moves at the deadline. The needs are kind of murky at this point, but they're finally playing as I envisioned when Sully had all of us on for the AL central round table, where I also posited then that the AL central runs through Minneapolis. Granted, They weren't the defending champions, and so I probably sounded like an idiot. But, yeah, they're finally starting to play as they should be, which is great.
0: Um, Ethan Smith is here from Locked On Pirates. Ethan, the uh, Pirates got off to obviously the amazing start. Uh, it's been a pretty, it's, it's been kind of sort of rough recently, but they doubled up the Padres and they were a little bit of, hey, if we are not going to make the playoffs, we're going to take you with us.
1: Yeah. And uh, it's kind of funny because I joked with Javier Reyes of uh, Locked on Padres that if the Pirates played the Padres for 162 games, they would win the NL pennant uh based off of just how they have played against them this year right and uh going back to the immaculate grid since we're going to keep doing
0: this i came up with one by the way
1: yes um there's a couple of answers uh for everybody listening to this show uh there are six hitters
0: and four pitchers can i can i name one can, you can, one? can name i name one name one I just thought I thought of one and he, I he's I love him because he's someone who checked off so many things on the baseball bucket list where he was an all star, a world series champion, threw a no hitter, and if if memory served, played in the postseason with the twins, pirates, and astros, and that would be Francisco Liriano.
3: Hey, and
1: another good one about Francisco Liriano as well is he was the last. Pirates starting pitcher to win a wild card game.
0: That's right. He beat the he beat Johnny Cueto in the Reds.
1: Yes, he did, and that's a very good one. Now, I will say the other the other ones are kind of discreet, obscure, discreet. Uh, you have to go back a little bit. Maybe you don't. As a Pirates fan, one of them I actually did remember right off the top, but I don't expect anybody in the comments to know who I'm talking about. But, yeah, the Pirates, of course, have dealt with injuries all year. Uh, They've dominated the Padres, which I don't think is anything to write home about with how the Padres have played this year. The NL Central, much like the AL Central, has kind of been a crapshoot all year as well. But it seems like Milwaukee is kind of pushing the envelope here in this division now. But we'll see what they do throughout the week. Every time
0: Every time it looks like they're going to put the aft thrusters on, the Reds go on a winning streak. I'm mean, like, I have a feeling those two are going to be battling it out to the end,
1: which is fun. It's, yeah, fun, it's fun because it's not what any of us expected, especially in the NL Central um, roundtable that we had. Is it felt like it was the Cardinals and everybody else, and now all of a sudden it's
0: Milwaukee and Cincinnati trading blows with each other. Right. Right. Give me a couple of before we go break when we we're the the main topic we're going to be doing here is the pros and cons of uh, about trading away Shohei Ohtani. But uh, before we go to our first break, give me a couple of the other ones who uh, played for the Pirates, Twins and Astros.
1: Chase DeYoung. That is the guy that I was going to throw out there. And he is very recent, dude. 2021 through 2023, he has pitched for the Astros, Pirates, and Twins in a matter of three years. Mm-hmm. You also have J.A. Happ, another guy that not a lot of people would have oh, thought about. Oh,
0: God. Yeah. By the and, way, yeah. Someone tell him if you want to be called J.Hap, spell it J A Y. I mean, yep, that's, yes. that's right.
2: Yep. Well, hey, I tell you, one that I remember is a hitter on the board. You know who that is? The big O, Orlando Merced. Yes. Oh, Orlando Merced.
0: Oh, the yep. good one. Good and one. Came, yeah, he was part of the he was part of the playoff pirates in the early 90s. And
2: I,
3: I came up with Alex Presley, who was traded for Justin Morneau in 2013.
1: Now, if you uh would love to candor at this soul, there is only one other player in the entirety of Major League Baseball history that has played for all three franchises.
0: Is it Bombo Rivera? It is not. I just wanted to say Bombo Rivera. We all do. Um, God, I you knew it. I really, I was so proud of myself for coming up with Francisco Liriano off the top of my head. What are, what are
1: the years? Give us the years. Yeah,
0: give us a, give So us he
1: played for the Houston Astros in 1979 and 1980.
0: Okay. That's my wheelhouse.
1: The Pittsburgh pirates in 1982 and 1983, where he only saw three at bats as a Pittsburgh pirate and 1987, where he actually never had in that bat for the twins, but was credited with being on their roster
0: wow okay
1: he Uh, is a pitcher
0: uh, pitcher.
1: he had a four six four era he also played for the new york mets and the chicago white Sox amongst his career
0: was it neil heaton was that it i'm Mm -hmm. trying to think of people who played around then um oh god do you know what you said he
2: played for the yankees he played no, he, for the
1: New York Mets, the, the Pittsburgh Mets. Pirates, the Houston Astros, the Minnesota Twins, and the Chicago White Sox. And in his only appearance, or one of his only appearances, with the Minnesota Twins, and he pitched six games. He had an eight four four ERA with uh, the Minnesota Twins uh, in nineteen eighty seven. But finished the season with a one and zero. Oh,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Is it was it Dennis Lamp? It was not. Okay, no. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Left-handed
1: uh, pitcher Randy Neiman with two ends,
0: who has a World Series ring with the '86 Mets. Yes, he does. Holy three. Sully,
2: how do you how do you remember these things?
0: Because I don't know if I paid the gas bill. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's why. And on that note, I think we need to talk about whatever the heck our sponsor is for. <laughs> whatever, whoever the heck is paying for this.
1: Well, if you want to – oh, okay, there's that. Well, if you want to go to an Astros game, a Pirates game, or a Twins game, or even try to go back in time and see uh, Randy Needman pitch for all three teams, you should use game time because game time is the one-stop shop for all of your tickets for the home stretch of the season. Of course, for the Pirates, postseason baseball looks like an afterthought once again, but for the Astros and the Twins, you know – Go see the team before postseason tickets get too pricey because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of your sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Have you seen Impractical Jokers? Well, Sal Volcano is on tour doing comedy stand-up right now so you can use game time right now to find killer deals on last-minute tickets. And with their best price guarantee, I would assume all these gentlemen love uh, saving money. You can always save money because you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. So download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase, terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed that ad is brought to you by, of course, the wonderful Neiman who uh stump solely. By the way,
2: <laughs> he did some solely. It is very hard to stump.
0: Yeah. And that's my, that's, that's my wheelhouse area. But I totally, I had, and I know that 87 twins team pretty well. And not one brain cell. Remember the Randy Neiman, pitched escapes for that deep. Uh, Brandon I, Warren is, is either has as our attention or he wants to tell us he's number one.
3: Both. I have a gripe with Sal Volcano, though, because they they came to Minnesota and he was sick and skipped the show. So I will never forgive him. Just like he says in the intro, I will never forgive you. I do not forgive you, (laughs) Sal Volcano, for being sick and missing the show at the New Hope Cinema Grill.
1: Hey, Brandon, that's a really impractical joke.
0: Well, let me just just tell you something. When Randy (laughs) Neiman pitched his six inconsequential games for the eventual World Series champion Minnesota Twins, the Baltimore Orioles had been the World Series champion four years prior. They have not been to a World Series since then. They are on an absolute rampage right now, taking three out of four from the the presumptive American League East division winner after their remarkable start, the, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Rays. And this afternoon beat the Philadelphia Phillies 3-2, to which, because the Phillies lost that, the Marlins and Giants are still a wild-card team, despite playing grotesquely horrible baseball recently. Now, Baltimore is currently in a position, and I talked about this in the show last week, but they're in a position that they have not been in for a while, uh, probably since 2014, where they could look themselves in the mirror and say, we have a legit shot to go to the World Series. That being said, I think they, and I've said this on the show, I think they have the trade chips better than anybody to pry loose Shohei Ohtani. And if the Orioles are going to deal, I'm sorry, if if the Angels are going to deal away Shohei Ohtani, they would have to do so to get back not just a pretty decent pitching prospect, but... Uh, like a can't miss prospect because they're giving away a can't miss player. I think the Orioles should do that. I think there's no excuse for them to not push all the chips in and take advantage of this. But I've already talked about that on a podcast and I made my point clear. Jackson Holiday for sh- a renting Shohei Otani is the equivalent of looking finding a twenty dollar bill in your jacket that you haven't worn since uh, since Christmas time. In other words. It's a no brainer. Jackson holidays grow on trees. Shohei Otani's don't even for a rental and a chance to Mm -hmm. win the world series. Since the first time that there was only the last time the Orioles won the world series, there was one Indiana Jones movie and it was called Raiders of the lost Ark. (laughs) Okay. So that's my take on that, but I'm going to, this is a round table and the floor is yours.
2: Well, I think about a month ago I started talking about the Orioles being a being a a a top you know purchaser of uh, of Otani with what eight or nine of the top one hundred prospects in their system. You can kind of pick and choose, and what's amazing is they're either in the major leagues or they're in AAA. Right. Jackson Holiday showing A. but look, these guys even down to the ninety fifth Samuel, you know Basalo, who is a catcher. Um, I, I just think the Orioles – I always thought the Orioles, the Rays, and maybe even the Rangers just seem to have the most draft capital out there. Right. But the Orioles, I'm looking at this. This is a stacked lineup. You could get rid of a few of these guys, and you kind of hope what happens to the – to in the trade that happened with the Astros, where the Astros gave up stuff for Grinky and some other players, and those guys never really panned out to be much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Not many of them are in the major leagues. And so that's kind of your hope that you get rid of the guys that aren't going to hurt you when you watch them, you know, play against you. But the whole thing is Shohei Otani, when the season's over, he's probably going to set sail. Right. Because that contract is going to be monstrous. And I don't think Baltimore, they're all former Astros guys. They're all former. They are taking the Astros model and basically doing it over again, and the Orioles are reigning in the
0: East over there. What do you guys think, Brandon? Well, Brandon, let me hear your thoughts on this.
3: Well, I, I I can do anybody but Jackson Holiday. If you want six of those guys, I'm more than happy to do Fair Jackson. Fair enough. I gotta I gotta keep Jackson in the fold just because he's so close. He's a trans. Formational player, and at his age in Double A, doing what he's doing is incredible. Now, with that said, and I I agree with the or I, I get the concept of the Astros' duplication, but if there's a team that should sign Otani for the money he's going to get, why not the Orioles? All their good players are young, they're cheap, and what better way to give each of these guys a winning environment to come into than to have Otani? on your team they need the pitching too especially who's who's starting game one of a playoff series for them right now Kyle Gibson I mean they're gonna have to make additions you may as well shoot for the moon get somebody who helps you not only offensively where you know the offense is good but in the starting rotation it's a no-brainer to not only get him but give him what he wants don't even let him hit free agency again he's gonna want you, and I get that but even if he does you got to be the first team there Ask what he wants while he's with you and and get it done because the Orioles to me are the ideal fit for him, not only for the rest of the season, but moving forward, just get it done.
0: Great point. Ethan, what are your thoughts?
3: And I've even said this.
1: I've kind of been on this train for the last week or so, and I get it. Jackson holiday, phenomenal player. We have not seen him step into a major league box yet. Not once. You could make the strong argument that he is going to be a phenomenal player, but when you're the Baltimore Orioles and this is the idea coming from a guy who literally is rooted into the idea that the Pittsburgh Pirates do not spend money because they don't, they physically can't, they can, but Bob Nutting refuses to. When you look at where the, like the talking point for the Pittsburgh Pirates was about a week and a half ago when the MLB draft came up and I, said this a lot. Paul Skeens was available for you right for the taking. Were the Pirates ever going to sign a guy that's of the caliber of Paul Skeens in free agency? No. Are the Baltimore Orioles, a franchise who has, again, not won a World Series in a very long time, going to be in the sweepstakes for Shohei Ohtani? Probably not. But when you have the ripe opportunity at 62-38 and and you are – separating yourself from the entire American League. And as Brandon made a phenomenal point, none of this matters if you don't have pitching in the playoffs at all. If you do not know how to pitch in the playoffs, you're not going to go anywhere. As a Pirates fan, I know. Madison Bumgarner and Jake Arrieta exist. Shohei Otani would turn the Baltimore Orioles into an immediate World Series contender. Not saying that they're not right now but a lot would have to fall their way pitching wise to where you'd have to get that really good start from these guys that I just don't trust yet. And as I keep saying this, and it's something that Javier Reyes on our crossover alluded to, it's something that Mina Kimes over at ESPN alluded to, Arnie Moreno is in an impossible spot because would you rather be the guy that couldn't win with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout or the guy that didn't get anything for either of them? And watch them walk out the door. I feel like that's the strongest thing right now. And you can go into a lot of different facets and a lot of different sports where general managers have had to deal with moving a guy of a Shohei Ohtani caliber. You just kind of have to because is he going to re-sign with the Angels if you don't trade him? What's their pitch is what I would ask you, Sully. What is the Angels' pitch to Shohei Ohtani if they don't trade them and try to re-sign him in free agency, even if the money's right, what I, is your pitch? Uh,
0: my pitch is: well, I, I, I want to just address one thing with Brandon. I think Jackson Holiday is a minuscule price to pay for. That's a pitch. Oh, one hundred percent to for Shohei Ohtani even to rent from. I think they're like, oh, there's this really, really good double A shortstop. Okay, are, and are we got we got a we got a Hall of Famer who could potentially. Get us our first World Series title since Cal Ripken Jr. was a young player. I Jim mean. Jim Palmer was on the freaking '83 Orioles, for God's sakes! Okay. You know this is a franchise. If you want to build up the Adley Rutschman's and the Connor and all of them, and to sort of give them their first taste of a championship, I, I you know what, I'm sorry. This is Yvonne Rodriguez do one year with the Marlins. Jack Morris one year with the with the Twins. Uh, you know, would you take away the night? Well, we're not going to have Jack Morris long term. I'm I'm sorry, it, it, it could be the difference. Now, there's the counter argument. Obviously, the John Smoltz is who you give up for Doyle Alexander. But I made the point: if if the if Alexander wins Game One in Minnesota in '87, nobody. No, the, the fact yeah. that Smoltz becomes a Hall of Famer becomes an intriguing footnote on a critical trade for the Detroit Tigers. Rand, they, the, the Astros gave up a ton to get Randy Johnson for the stretch run in 1998. Uh, and some of those players, Fred, especially Freddy Garcia and Carlos Guillen, and who else was in there? was one other one in that trade. Um, I well, Garcia and, and, and Guillen were enough. Uh, there, was, there was one it may have been, was it John Halama? I am doing this from memory, so I'm trying to do my best right now. But the you know, three players who became big building blocks for the, the Mariners when they won their 116 games in uh, 2001 were from the Randy Johnson trade. So, yeah, I mean, but again, if if Randy had won that game one start against Kevin Brown, You know, say, oh, it was worth it to win it. So, I again, Jackson Holliday could turn out to be the next Derek Jeter, could turn out to be the next Cal Ripken, you know, or he could be the next freaking Matt Laporta. He could be. He, there have been players in Double A who tear up Double A who don't make the who who don't make the transition or don't become the superstar that they were hoping for. Will Myers was this great big prospect, and everyone said, "Oh, how could they trade Will Myers to get James Shields?" Well, they got an established player, and Will Myers wound up having a nice career. He was nice. He's a nice player. He had a nice career. Saw an All-Star game in the process. I think every Kansas City fan would make that trade five hundred times out of five hundred. I don't know when you have a chance. This, there's, there's no comps here. There's no. Palama comps was here. the right answer, by the way. What did you say? Yeah, Palama oh, was the right answer. Alama? Okay, yeah, that, was. that yeah. makes up for my fiasco with uh, uh, Randy Neiman. All right, we're doing a roundtable here. Uh, I'm here. I'm your pal Sully. Got Ethan Smith from Lockdown Pirates. You got H Town Wheelhouse from Lockdown Astros. You got Brandon Warren from Lockdown Twins. So you know we have no biased voices here. Uh, I said on the podcast a couple of days ago that the that the Angels had a, a choice, really, which was to come up to Otani and say, "Just tell us the number. Is it six hundred billion? Is it tell us what it is." And they go, "Here you are." Just do it right now or trade them. But here's the thing I didn't take into account was that the angels beating the Yankees like a rented mule in Anaheim. Suddenly the angels are kind of sort of in it in a way that if the, if the Yankees had, had slapped them around the way that I think a lot of people thought they were going to um, we'd be in, we'd be in a much different situation as we're recording this, the Dodgers and the Blue Jays are still playing. If Los Angeles wins that, then the Angels would only be three and a half games out of a wild card spot. And no offense, H-Town, none of the teams they're chasing are exactly playing like the 1927 Yankees right now. So for the Angels, (laughs) they may think, wait a minute, why don't we hold on to them and have a chance of winning and getting into here?
2: Yeah, except that they've never been able to. And and I just the proof is in the pudding. And look, I I would love the storyline. And, and as an Astros fan, no offense, I want Otani to stay in LA for the rest of the season. Oh. I don't want to face Otani. I'm sorry, I don't want to face Otani. I get in it. Baltimore man. I get it. Hell yeah, I get it. I don't want to face Otani in a playoff series on on any team. I don't. If he's on Minnesota, I don't care. I do not want to face him. And so. It, but it is an indelible situation for for this organization. I, I mean, they really have put themselves behind the eight ball, and they're really in a lose-lose situation. It, it's, it's really untenable. Everybody says they feel sorry for Mike Trout, but Mike Trout knew exactly what he was signing, knew exactly where he was signing, knew what he was getting into. He wanted to be the guy in L.A., and I get that. And he wanted to be the highest paid, and I get that. But Otani, from what I hear people talk about, he was really looking into the culture and what was going on in L.A., and that's really why he likes signing there. And I don't think – I mean, have you seen his body language in the dugout? He's very unhappy. Oh, yeah. He's very – he's not even really like – Wouldn't you Oh, I would – oh, gosh, I would – you know, um, I've I, I've joked for years, I need to get an Angels jersey with the number 27 and just put no pitching above it because that has just been the bane of their existence. But look, um, if Otani goes to the Orioles, crap. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, look, so, I would love it for baseball, but not for my Astros. Yeah. So there,
1: So there's something I want to add here, by the way that H-Town brought up, is that the Angels, like you mentioned, they're they're right there. They, They could go on a little win streak and make it happen. The Angels were off on Monday night. They have Detroit. They can beat Detroit. Then they have Toronto. It's a little bit tougher. August 31st is the last day before the trade deadline. And if you're an Angels fan, as none of us are, I don't know how you look at this schedule in August, even with Shohei Otani, if Mike Trout is not healthy, if he's not healthy, if Mike Trout comes back for miraculously between now and the time I speak next Monday, when you have a three-game series against the Atlanta Braves, a four-game series against Seattle, a three-game series against the Giants, a three-game series against Houston, a three-game series against Texas, mm. a three-game series against Tampa Bay, a three-game series against Cincinnati, a three-game set against the Mets, and a three-game series against the Phillies to end August, that doesn't sound favorable to me at all. The, pretty, the, the, it's the Mets are the easiest team <laughs> on your schedule in August, even with how bad they've played, is not good at all. At all, folks. And, yeah. and like, and for me, again, you don't want to say, oh, they'll lose a bunch of games in that stretch because anything can happen in baseball. I just would not, again, want to be the person that once August 1st passes and Shohei Ohtani is still an angel and then he's not three months later, I just wouldn't want to be that guy. I, I, I really wouldn't want to be that person that just lets Shohei Otani walk away for absolutely nothing. Because then the Angels are in a whole different scenario and a whole different kind of purgatory in baseball that nobody wants to be in.
0: Can I point something out? As we're talking, we're, we're, we're having a fun roundtable here. And part of this narrative, and part a lot of this narrative, both with Shohei and it bleeds over to Trout is that you have the generational talent of the 2010s was Mike Trout. The generational talent of the 2020s is Shohei Ohtani. And between them, they have three postseason games total, which is incredible. Um, The entire culture of the Angels changed, or it could have been totally different if a few innings – in 20, the 2014 playoffs, game two of the 2014 playoffs forever altered the trajectory of the Angels. I don't know if you remembered what happened in game two. The The game one was an extra inning loss. The Angels lost an extra inning game to the Royals. Okay, the Royals were on a roll. You kind of chalked that up for that. In the, I don't know if you remember what happened. In the eighth inning of game two, CJ Kron, the same dude, got a double to lead off the game of a tie game. They brought in a pinch runner, and then Ionetta hit a fly ball. They tried to tag up, and he got thrown out at third, basically killing that rally. Mike Trout came up in the 10th inning, in the ninth inning, to lead off of a 1 1 game and popped up. And then came up in the bottom of the 11th with a tying run on. And he, him as the winning run. So twice he came up. If he had homered, the Angels would have won the game. And once he, one time he popped up, the other time he struck out. If either the guy didn't get picked off at third, Trout homered in the ninth, Trout homered in the 11th. If one of those three things happen, the Angels win that game and probably win that series and probably beat the Baltimore Orioles because they were banged up in that ALCS and maybe win against San Francisco. Who knows? Cause I don't know if you remember Ethan, but uh, Madison Bumgarner was pretty good that year, <laughs> but yeah. the whole notion of the team never wins could have changed in just that three inning stretch, which just shows you how delicate the balance of our existence is as human beings. No, what- I mean, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead well, here's
3: what I come back to: If you're the Angels and if you're Perry, the GM, you're no more likely to resign him if you keep him. There's just no way because you've had all this time to sign him and it hasn't happened, right? For whatever reason, so get the bag in the sense of prospects. There's no better way to woo Shohei Otani if you've already got him. You know he's he's played in in Anaheim. He knows it's a beautiful area. It's a beautiful stadium, et cetera, et cetera what better way to woo him than to have a young Jackson holiday coming up with him and Zach Neto up the middle, you get trout in center. You're going to convince him you'll build around him, whatever, but you're no more likely to sign him, whether he's an angel on October 1st or not. So you have to do the right thing. It's the difficult thing. You have to bite the bullet. You're paid to make the difficult decision and you have to do it. You have to trade Otani, get as much as you can, Lick your wounds and play for 2024. If you know the number that Otani wants and you can play in that pool, in that field, go for it. But in the meantime, stop trying to do something that's not going to happen. You don't have the horses in the rotation. Your bullpen's not there. I know that the playoffs in October are a magical time where anything can happen. Heroes are made, whatever, whatever. It's not happening with the angels. Let the man go and then join that pool of teams waving money at him this winter and try to sell them on. You know, you love the city. It's a beautiful city. We're going to build the team around you. I don't know. That's just my thought.
0: Yeah, I I I, I hate to admit, but I think you're right. I think you're right. It,
2: well, and you know, I had mentioned like, well, what if they let them go and bring them back? That's that's what you're speaking of, correct, Brandon? They're all just Chapman. Yeah.
0: That's well, not gonna, that's not gonna it, happen. Yeah, probably not. But. but.
2: But then, you know, you're always, it's like one versus the field, right? Like, what are the odds? And, but, but the point that you made earlier about the cap ring, because the stars they have, they're not paying, you know, like, you know, like, like the Estros have Alex Bregman, not that we would trade Alex Bregman, but if we wanted to trade Alex Bregman, he's getting 33 million a year. No one wants to take that on, but you got stars in Baltimore that aren't getting paid a ton and and you bring on Otani that doesn't weigh you down so much and the I mean winning the World Series can vastly help help that organization and you know he's a lefty too he doesn't have to worry about that stupid fence they sent back like 20 feet or whatever they did because every home run I see that's the only ballpark (laughs) balls aren't a home run in that left field in Baltimore shame on them for doing that but good thing he's a lefty right all right they the Blue Jays uh,
3: from a few years ago with all that offensive talent. Yes,
0: yes. Very, yeah, great comp. All right, um, one minute left. Last thoughts for each one of you. Ethan Smith, last thought.
1: I would say this um, about what the Angels should do. It's a difficult decision. It really is. But I would, even if the trade isn't what we all imagine it to be, you have to get something rather than nothing. I mean, at this point, like, yeah, there's the prospect that you get them back. Rarely ever happens in Major League Baseball that you trade somebody away and they come back the following offseason. I just look at it this way. You know you're going to get something back for them that's going to be worth your while. If it makes Mike Trout happy or it makes him mad, you explore that down the road. But I do think Otani is the kind of guy that you just – it's the kind of trade piece you'll never have again. And you have to play your pawn here.
0: Like, you just have to. All right, H-Town, your thoughts? Wrapping up here.
2: Trade him to Milwaukee. I don't see us playing Milwaukee ever in the World Series.
0: Nice. I Brandon, just, uh... Brandon your, your final thought.
3: Put up the first sale sign for the next week. Solicit everyone's best offers and run with it. Because what's, what's happening now isn't working. You have the two best players in all of baseball, or at least in all of American League, and it's not working try something different. And you know what? If you can write that check that brings him back bully for you, but it's still better than keeping him, kiloing him and getting like the 36th pick in the draft. Who cares about the 36th pick in the draft? And we want to talk about trades like Matt Laporta, Andy Marte, whoever that did not become who we thought they would. The 36th or whatever pick I'm just throwing a number out there is even less likely to do what you want from the, the return for him. So Put up the first sale sign. Send send a text to every single GMC and come and get him and go from there.
0: All right. My last thought, my prediction, uh, a little outside the box, but I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to designate him for assignment. Um, uh, See, tribute- that was wilder than
2: mine, Sully. <laughs>
1: could you could you imagine, though, they designated for assignment, and it's just I like, just did. oh, my Lord.
0: <laughs> I just like did.
1: the fire sale of things that would happen. Shohei Otani the Kansas City Royals, via designation for (laughs) excitement. I'm
0: all in. By the way, I'm going to give you a trivia question here. Uh, So if you know the, you all don't answer it. But uh, for my listeners, the trivia question, post the answer on Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram, on the YouTube channel, or at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, assuming Twitter is still surviving. Uh, The trivia question is, who is the last Angels – number one overall pick the last time the angels had the first overall pick who was it and it's not an obscure name but it also was not a fish so it wasn't tim salmon or mike trout or kevin bass hey uh ethan smith tell people where they can follow your show you
1: follow me on twitter at mvp underscore ethan or as they like to call it the x now at locked on pirates can follow me over there obviously it's on youtube wherever you found this podcast on spotify odyssey google play or apple podcasts or you know wherever you put your butts in and listen to things
0: h down how about you
2: find us on youtube subscribe to us we just hit eight thousand subscribers y'all and find us on tiktok instagram twitter i mean facebook any social media platform any place you get your podcast check us out
3: brandon well, as I say in my intro to the show every day, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E, but I probably wouldn't. Otherwise, you can find Locked On Twins wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, all that fun stuff, and we would love to have you come along for the ride.
0: All right. And I told you, supposed to go here. So on behalf of Ethan H-Town, Brandon, I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Thanks for listening to this roundtable, and be sure to call me Sully.